Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Introducing the Corner Booth, a football podcast covering the latest trends and news in college football and the NFL. Here are your hosts, Jared and Mark. Welcome in, folks, to the first non-rusty edition, well, a little bit, of the Corner Booth podcast presented by Belly Up Sports. Big show today, Zion shoot blows up, and then Duke blew up as UNC rolled last night. We'll talk about that and much more. Oh, also, Stephen, I forgot who the running back for the Panthers was. Let's get to it. <clears throat> yeah, uh, the greatest, greatest. Rival- greatest rivalry, it's a tough word, rivalry, uh, was not a game. It was one of the. It was not. It was a blowout. UNC. I would say, I, I should have known to bet. Like I feel like UNC and Duke always flip flop. You know, like they always win one game. I feel like because their records, like I think, they're almost tied. Well, you, it also depends on the talent, and I have a bit interesting analysis. But you're right, though. It was everyone who bet on Duke really kind of lost it when Zion Shu blew up. They should get their money back. I honestly feel bad for those people. Well, like, that is not. Is, it, the whole thing about the ticket prices was just so stupid. Well, that's also on Duke because it's Duke's event. It was at Cameron. Yeah. So everyone's getting on the inside by like, uh, Cameron Indoor could have been like, no, we're not charging $400 a ticket. That was all on Cameron Indoor, the University of Duke. That was in Duke University. That's not on the NCAA for once, I think. I mean, it, it was so funny, too, because it felt like it was an NBA game. You got you had guys like Barack Obama was there. You had Ken Griffey Jr., the kid was there. You had Spike Lee was there. I was like, how – I mean, these, this is they're treating this literally like it is a game that these people are, like, getting – the players are getting paid. Obviously, they're not, but, like – This is The thing is, this is the most loaded North Carolina team since the Hansborough days. This is also the best Duke team in years. So, these are the two best like, – this is – I, I made this point to my buddy last night, he's a big Duke fan. I said, this may be a better team than the Joel Berry-Justin Jackson team that won the title. Because they were fortunate to play some really crappy teams in that tournament and win. But this North Carolina team is loaded. They have so much talent. Their number one overall prospect is a sixth man on the roster. So Who's Seventh Woods? No. Um, Isaiah, uh, Nazir, oh, oh, Nazir Little. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nazir Little. Yeah, he's their sixth man. He's their seventh man because, yeah, uh, Seventh Woods was balling out last night. Oh, you should have rolled with that. Seventh Woods is the seventh man. <laughs> I know, I've been funny as hell. But no, so I get why it's become an event. Also, Zion just brings it in. But I also, my first point is, I made this, so first off, Duke has a problem. Without Zion, they can't defend the paint whatsoever. Two. Yeah, Bolden's a waste down there. 
Dude, and the problem is North Carolina has guys who can body Zion. They have two guys who look like NFL tight ends. Like, I was a little like, wait. It was uh, n- number 15, their backup power forward. This guy's name is, I think his name is Brooks. Brooks, yeah. Brooks. Brooks is a tank. I'm like, okay, maybe I don't feel as bad about us taking on Zion now we have Brooks playing in the middle. Like, holy crap. That dude looked like a man. Him and Luke May were just dominating down low. It was scary. I'm like, uh. And the other thing was R.J. Barrett. Looks like a ghost last night. I was about to say, uh, I was literally talking about him before the game, and I was like talking to how we always say we would think about taking RJ Barrett. I take all of it back. He he needs like he's uh, you're clearly Zion proved that he is the most valuable player on that team. Best college. Literally a better player. Yeah, it was insane. Like RJ Barrett. I've heard that he's a, like everyone says he has this like selfish role. There were so many times he should have kicked it out, but then you don't blame him because every time he kicked it out, Jack White was like he's missed like twenty five threes in a row. I mean, uh, Trey Jones can't shoot a three. Is that, I, is Tyus Jones' little brother, they look identical. Yes, yes, okay, yes, it is. But it's just crazy. Nobody can make a single shot, and then like R.J. Barrow's playing terrible. He only has one move, and it's to get to the middle of the lane and make like a euro step, and he has to go with his left hand because I don't think he knows he has a right hand. <laughs> yeah, so you know what's so funny? The other thing I noticed was that Duke's chemistry is really shaky. Oh yeah. So, they, well, they showed that they were a very young team last night. Well, and this is this is the reason why I I still refuse to pick Duke for the national title. It's because you went up against a team in Carolina who has four seniors, a bunch of juniors, and two and three freshmen, and only one plays. Uh, two plays, sorry, Kobe White and Nazir Little. Um, the fro. The do I love Kobe White, man? He's awesome. He it played is wild though that a guy like that with the fro is on UNC. I always feel like UNC and Duke are very clean cut teams, and you have God, UNC's always got one guy with insane hair. Like Joel Berry had the Roadrunner mohawk and that everything. That is true. Joel Berry also my my favorite target of all time besides Vince Carter and Psycho T. So I love JB. But um, like UNC's such an experienced team, and it's not like they're a bunch of like they're they're seniors or slackers. Like, they're stars to their seniors. So, yeah. th- like, this is why I keep saying this is Roy Williams' best team since, like, you know, the, the Harrison Barnes days and maybe it's Tyler Hansborough because this team just has so much talent. And it's not – eight, and they're athletic. Like, this this, this is a North Carolina team that was dunking. I'm like, <laughs> their national title run, I think they threw on two dunks the entire tournament. I'm like, okay, these guys are actually athletic and they're running the floor – and they can hit threes. Well, not yesterday, but like nobody could hit. It was one oh. point. I think Tar Heels were like one for eighteen. Duke was like four for twenty-four. It was terrible. Yeah. So the game overall really wasn't like you said. You thought like it was a like a mess of a game simply because of the rivalry. But like there was it, there was so many turnovers. I mean, the end of the first half, you had a, a steal by Duke, and then uh, they throw it away right to the Tar Heels, and they Duke's get a dunk in the half, and so it's just, out of control. they look so out of control. They look like. Duke looked like a chicken with his head cut off because the, it, their head got cut off Zion. And the yeah. thing is, I warned my buddy. I'm like, listen, like this is the problem with Zion. What is, what's Duke gonna do in the in the in the, uh, in, the uh, in the tournament? Zion gets in the foul trouble, they're screwed. And this is why everyone's like riding Duke so hard. I'm like, teams with one good player, like one A tier one player, never win because of this reason. Everyone's like, oh, Anthony Davis. I'm like, Anthony Davis had, like, four other A-plus players in that roster. 
But he, but the Duke has those players. They just I don't like, like last shit. night. I don't know if I consider J, RJ J, RJ Barrett one anymore because he shrunk. Like he literally folded. Who the other one? Uh, the shooter. What was his name? Cam Reddish. Reddish. Yeah, I knew it was something that sounded like a vegetable. Um, Reddish was balling. Reddish might be an A guy or at least a B B plus. But RJ Barrett shrunk under pressure. I was like, oh my god! Like where is this? Number two overall prospect that is just not playing well. Well, and they they treated it. It felt like because I was watching the Louisville Syracuse game before, and Louisville looked like they never knew they've never gone against a zone defense in their life. Don't get me wrong, the Syracuse defense for somehow they can stick to a zone for the whole game, and Jim Beheim, whatever he does, he teaches amazing zone defense. You- but it's just crazy though to me because they were shooting threes left and right, like. Try to get it in the middle of the court, and I don't know. I always, I kind of put this on Trey Jones a little bit. This this little uh, point guard that they always talk about, how he's the leader of the offense, he's a great defender. He needs to like with all those turnovers, you got to put on the point guard. Get, he needs to control the offense, get the ball, run the plays. Like Coach K at the end of the game, everyone's giving him shit because he really didn't say much to um, Coach Williams, but he's probably heated. Like that was a terribly coached game. Like nothing about that was good for Duke. UNC, like I said, they didn't even they played well because they had so many open baskets down low. Like next thing you know, Luke May was just he the one play I saw, he caught the ball down low, turned around, took a hard dribble, acting like he was gonna have a body next to him. There was nobody there, he just puts up an easy layup. I mean looks like, uh, Duke looked was, like they were defeated. And yeah. the other thing is both point guards played amazing defense, and that's why their offense like Kobe White was on Tyus Jones, the I mean um Trey Jones the entire time. And Trey Jones was all over Kobe White the entire game. That's why I pulled Kobe White at one point because he was like literally turned the ball over in five minutes. So Seventh Woods comes in and just starts owning the rookie because he's like, I've been here for three years, man. I've seen guys scarier than you. I think Seventh Woods played against his brother. So it's like, or it might have been coming in the year after. So like, it's not like, that. that's what, that's why I think like UNC got him is because they know how to play against guys like this. They've seen Duke's rotation of these freshmen. Yeah. So to me, I'm like, eh. I, I mean, I could have seen this happen. I saw. I mean, this was a possibility in my head the entire time. I'm like, if we have an advantage, it's the fact that we have vets. We're yeah. not a bunch of rookies. I still, th- I, guys I still push- think though that because I think there's five games left and the Tar Heels Duke play. If Zion's back for the last game of the season. At Chapel Hill, I guarantee Duke wins. It's just how it works. They always, if they win, if they go one for one, it's always they win at the other team's arena, which is weird because usually home court advantage matters. But for some reason, in this rivalry, they win at the opposite, the, like the away court. It's crazy. I can see that happening, but if they meet in the tournament, here's the problem. You know, buddy's on. It's still Virginia. Virginia's still there. Virginia beat both. Yeah. So to me, I'm like. Virginia also is like the San Antonio Spurs of college basketball. They're so damn boring. God. Ty Jerome. Well, they have that. Well, they have. I mean, they have Kyle Guy and Ty Jerome, and um, who's the better, the best player on their team? Um, I can't draw a blank right now, but he's supposed to be like a top five, ten pick. Uh, but Ty Jerome, man, he is just that little annoying. Like he is the. He's like a Grayson Allen. Like he just always is looking at players with dirty looks. He always making excuses. I can't stand him. But I I just Tony Tony Bennett on team drives me crazy. Yeah. So all right, that that was it for that. What's up next? 
All right, we're going to get right into the rundown. Uh, we'll start off with a little football. And Carlos Hyde, former 49ers running back, former Browns running back, now former Jaguars running back. This, uh, news came out today that Jags are not planning on resigning him. I guess they don't really want – what? Oh, sorry, I was being a jackass. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't have got rid of him if I'm the I, Jags. Like, apparently – Yeldon's on the market. They're trying to shop Fournette. What are they just going to do? Draft another running back this year? Well, like, I think they cleared the air with Fournette, so they're just laying, relying on him. But he's proven he can't stay healthy. So, like, uh, here's a sleeper for you. Maybe do our Eagles go run, take a run and hide? I've like, thought about that. I have. It depends on what they do with Ajayi, but I don't know. I mean, because the thing is, Ajayi's paycheck is going to be so cheap because his knees are – his knees broke. Yeah. I really think we should franchise tag uh, – what's his face? We should franchise tag Darby, but nobody's going to listen to me on that one. <clears throat> yeah, no, with like Carlos Hyde, though, like he's a powerful runner, and I think he's going to make a team happy if it's the, the – who we got, the knees running back. I, th- I said the Bills wouldn't be a bad spot because McCoy could be on his way out. Uh, you got the Bucks who always need a running back because everyone they draft never really turns out well for them. It's like the kiss of death. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Carlos Hyde will definitely get picked up, and – I think be a beneficial runner. Um, but who knows, man? I mean, it, I'm assuming the Rams are going to re-sign CJ Anderson. Oh yeah. That's, that's almost guaranteed because CJ Anderson came out and said that supposedly Todd Gurley's knee wasn't a hundred percent. I don't know if you heard of that. I did hear that. So, I mean, I, I think Hyde as much as he wants to be number one back, he might fit well in a number, a number two spot. And, <laughs> Kind of get the carries the that, yeah, the rotation carries exactly. Also, you know, I kind of want, I kind of want us to draft uh, Bernard Hopkins's kid, man. Oh, he's a monster. Oh, the Elijah yeah. Hopkins, holy mother. <laughs> you mean Holyfield? Oh yeah, Elijah Holyfield. Sorry. Um, yeah, but I want Elijah Holyfield. I, I don't care. We'll trade up for him because he, he he's kind of got like that Sean Oakman kind of feel. Like he just is a bigger man. Oh, he's a, he's a he's a freak of nature. He's a beast. Um, but he's definitely a horse. That is for sure. But we'll keep talking about horses. Uh, so Zion shoe obviously blew up. We're going to talk about that in the record report card too. Uh, he had an insurance policy put out or supposedly he signed an insurance policy that if he goes past the 16th pick, he gets $8 million. Wow. <laughs> well, by the way, for somebody who worked in the insurance industry, that's not unheard of. Yeah, uh, they do it through Lloyd's of London, who's like who does all the crazy insurance policies on athletes, like JHI's knee. I think was through them as well. I think Odell Beckham has a couple through them. <clears throat> it's just wild to me that he's worth eight million dollars if he falls six. I mean, he will he could literally tear both of his ACLs, and I don't think he would fall that far. He would fall to maybe eight or nine, because I guarantee if my Timberwolves were like, oh shit, Zion's at nine, we're drafting him. That'd <laughs> be the. We'll put him at we'll put him at the four next to Townsend Wiggins. Like nobody's gonna be able to like get past that front front three. Yeah, uh, people were loving the poll we posted on the Twitter too, saying who suffered the biggest loss last night: the fans, Zion's knee, or uh, Nike. The people that the fact that people actually think that Nike's gonna lose stock because Zion shoot, no, or, it's not yeah. gonna happen. I'm sorry. I, I think Darren Ravel posted that said, "Oh, watch the stock drop tomorrow." It's like, dude, shut up. People aren't going to go return their shoes. They're still going to go buy the Nike shoes because they. It's like the whole Nike. thing, like Cap- the Kaepernick thing. Like it, like dropped for thirty seconds and rebounded like two hundred percent. Yeah, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, 
<laughs> it was pretty wild that, I mean, even Zion, anybody else probably would have tore their leg up. I mean, he supposedly has a sprained uh, knee. They didn't describe exactly what it was in detail, but that man is worth $8 million if he falls 16 picks. That still blows my mind. I mean, I get it. I like, you know, he's a big enough, like he's, his body's a solid muscle. So like those guys just they heal quicker. But I was going like, to say, he doesn't even need ligaments. He has muscle that probably surrounds his whole freaking body. No, Zion tells his ligament to heal. His ligament doesn't tell him when to play. <laughs> exactly. I was, dude, he, I don't, I guarantee he wanted to play the rest of that game too. They're just like, it's not worth it, dude. Like, so the thing is to me, like he's one of the few guys on Duke. I like, I respect Zion because he's just, he's a, he's a, for the fun of the game kind of guy. He's not. Well, he plays hard to win the game. He cares about basketball. Somebody was talking about that earlier, like if he, like the question if he would sit out or whatnot. I was like, and they were like, I don't think that's in his mentality unless he was told specifically by somebody like, like you got shoe dealerships reaching out to him, which they're not allowed to, and being like, dude, do not play or you will not get this dealership, whatever. But yeah, this is one of the problem. I think like he should have been like the first guy to get like one of those G League contracts because like. I just feel like it's just, you know, he's, he, he's college basketball first should be for the guys who need one to two years to develop. Yeah. Not no two to three years to develop, not one literally they just need to play just to get like used to the speed and they're ready for the NBA by 19. I think that like, as like Zion, Zion is the exception. I think the guys like Kevin Garnett, Zion, Kobe, like those Tracy McGrady, those guys should get the one years. But a lot of these guys who come out one year in, they're not ready. But because they're chasing the money, if the NBA, if if NCAA says you have to pay like play like you can either go straight to the NBA or play, you have to play two years of college ball, that would be the best compromise because then guys would actually stay and play. You should well, be able to go to college if you don't make the G League. I agree completely or go overseas or do whatever you want to do, but that goes to our next topic. And that is the NBA officially proposed lowering the age to 18. And the whole thing is like, Oh, well now you're going to have these kids uh, making the terrible decision, chasing after money. Like that is not the responsibility of the NBA or the NCAA. Like the NCAA is not the ones that are making them go play in the NCAA. The NBA decided to raise the age to 19. So these kids had to go either city year out, do whatever. And you got, uh, Mitchell Robinson on the Knicks who didn't even play in overseas or in college and he's doing well for himself for the Knicks you, they don't they're you, everything's still your own choice you do not have to play in college it's just these guys choose to and then there's the argument of them risking their injuries and all that but and they complain about not getting paid and then like they, they like that's what you signed up for yeah exactly I, I got an argument today with somebody on Twitter happens too often i need to, i need to comment down yeah, but that i get into arguments in public you get into arguments on twitter <laughs> i don't know I, it, it's not a good look but i'm just gonna keep rolling with it uh but like lowering the age 18 they have to impl- implement a rule just like you said if you go to college you have to like commit to two years like you can even try to like i don't know because the whole everyone's like oh they're not even using their free scholarship no shit like they're not there somebody's like you go to college to get a degree you go to college to do this. These guys are going to college just so they can go to the NBA and make millions of dollars. It's not 2004 anymore where guys will stay for four years. Yeah. It's, it's just, it doesn't work. Like, it's not the NFL where these guys actually finish their degrees before they even play their senior season. Like, it's two different sports. Basketball, this whole AAU culture, one, it's going to destroy basketball for a little bit before it helps it. We've had this discussion a million times. I think I've been telling – you guys know my opinion – 
basketball is on a crash course to catch a reality check. This whole AAU mentality. And Damian Lillard is quoted talking about this. That guys are chasing championships. And he's right. Yeah. But the thing is, going forward, I think that we're going to see the NBA and college and the G League start to figure out a way so guys aren't as screwed as they were if they make this wrong choice. Like if a guy goes, oh, I'm going to the NBA, and they don't even make the G League squad, they can be able to go play college ball. They should be able to. Or at least go play overseas or something. Like, well, the know. one positive thing that they did was having uh, pl- college players be able to enter the draft process without signing an agent, you know what I mean, and kind of doing that. That was pretty – I thought that was smart of them to do. But just let these – like, and then they'll learn. I feel like – I feel like more kids now are leaving after one year when they're not even ready rather than the ones that just left after high school. Yeah. And you know? Because they're just changing. They think, oh, they have people there saying, oh, you'll be drafted at this point. I'm like, you may not play. Like, you're not – not all y'all are going to be Zach, like Malcolm Brogdon, Zach Levine, Andrew Wade. These guys are, are starters. Towns and Anthony Davis. Like, those guys are generational players. Well, Brogdon like, went through the process, though. He played in college for, like, three years. Yeah, he did. He's one of the good – like, and uh, sort of Paul George. Like, a lot of these guys played a couple of years in the league. It wasn't like they, like, just went straight up. A lot of these one-and-done guys like, – Jabari Parker's useless now. Yeah, he's, well, he, he his knees his knees screwed him over. And he can't – and he's the, might be the worst defender next to Jaleel Okafor. Well, he might have learned – like, you know, look, both Duke guys. Coincidence? <laughs> I think not. <laughs> But, yeah, I know. I hope the NBA does something about this. It's definitely going to be a weird switch if they do because you're going to have these top recruits going straight to the NBA. And then I think it's going to be like a little learning curve when these guys are seeing these dudes go out right away and they're not doing successful. And if they're in the, if they're okay with being in the D, the G League for like three years and then go to the NBA, like that's fine. But that's the risk you're worth taking without getting at least some type of school. I don't know. You know I'm hoping for his sake that Nazir Little – learns from the fact that Roy Williams isn't starting him, that he waits a year. He plays next year. Because he's he's not he's not ready. No. Whatsoever. I watched him last night. One of those passes was so bad. He literally threw the ball into traffic from three guys. There's guys I was playing with today at LA Fitness who would make that pass. <laughs> like holy crap. I'm like, bro, you need to like people should follow the whole Harrison Barnes moniker. Barnes is the number one recruit coming out his year. He played like garbage his first year at Carolina, comes back, actually plays very well, and stays for another year and becomes a top 10 pick. But that's what has to happen. You cannot – actually, it was top 15, went to the Warriors. But No, I think it was top 10. It was like eighth overall. Oh, yeah, okay. That was back when they were garbage. Um, yeah. They were like one year away. Follow his model. Like Harrison Barnes, he was a better player. He made a good contract extension. He played well. He's still in his third. He's on his third NBA team. But honestly, if the Timberwolves grab Barnes, I'm like, yo, he's a great four. He's an athletic four. That's a perfect. He's a solid player because he developed his game another year under Roy Williams. It's these guys are not have to follow guys like him who actually will stay for two years and develop their game and then come out. Well, the problem is, is Nazir Little is going to hear. Like he's still gonna be a top. Like he's projected to be a top ten pick, and he doesn't even start. That's insane. I mean, he's like uh, Deion it's Waiters. Like he's kind of ruining like college basketball because they literally tell these guys you're a top ten pick. But NBA guys are like, uh, no, you're not. You're not. Well, even- they'll draft them at top ten because they draft based off potential. Like that's why like R.J. Barrett can have the worst 
game of his life against North Carolina, but he's still going to go top three just That's because why of the I have NBA draft picks are bust. Like I just it, it the whole NBA draft system they need to learn from the NFL because the NFL rarely drafts off potential. They draft off what they see on tape, what they see in the weight room, and what they see in the interviews. Well, it's because they have more tape to draft, like base it off of too. That's the difference, and that's why we say they should stay. And and because all the you go in the NBA. Like we, who uh, Brendan Ingram, he's 21 years old and he's everyone's writing him off as he's done. Like I'm writing him off, yeah, because I'm not like. He's I, literally I, trying to look like Tiger 2.0 with all those tattoos and the dreads. But I mean, like. But it's still crazy. Like he might have rather have Tiger play for the Lakers than Brendan Ingram. God, he can't even play anymore. But that's the thing. If you go early, and Brendan Ingram probably would have went straight to the draft. It would have been not even going to college. But you're risking that. You, your first three years in the league, you're only 21, 22 after the end of it. And people are going to write you off like you're a bus. Like, dude, you're only 22. Like, you still have, like, plenty of good years Who left. graduated this year from Duke? Imagine how loaded that team would be. Well, dude, imagine half of these teams. I, they wouldn't even be loaded because half of, like, Nazir Little wouldn't be on UNC if, or, like, Zion and them wouldn't be at Duke if all these guys would stay. Or they would. Like, the, 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 the division, the, the conferences would be loaded from top to bottom because these guys like, would spread out. It would look like 2003, 2004, like back when t- every team had like four draft picks. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, it, this year is the perfect year for it would have been perfect if these guys would have just left straight from high school, because it's very top heavy, which I feel like respectively all NBA drafts are top heavy, but let it's those top big, five uh, picks. Trey Burke, uh, in their own well year. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was very bottom heavy. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I just hope the NBA actually makes this happen. They said there will definitely be an adjustment in the college, G League, all that. Um, but it would be good, I think, for the sport and it'd be good for entertainment because as much as you want to see Zion in college, because I was pissed, dude. When he was down, like, I'm I'm not as big a Tar Heels fan as I used to be, but I was honestly pissed when he was down. I was like, you got to be kidding me. We're not going to get to watch him the whole game now. See – I was pissed because, like, it's like you're it, – I felt like with, like, playing Duke, I'm like, dude, they look defeated. And I'm like, I don't want to win like this. Like, I want to beat Duke with Zion on the court. Yeah. Like, I want Brooks or Meg to body him up and have him break a couple mid-rangers. Yeah. Like, that's how I want this win to go. Like, I want – I'm like, oh, okay, North Carolina is the better team. Because the story is Zion sneaker. Zion's saying, like, God, shut up. It was it was amazing though. Like I I wish I could have you could have saw the faces of every Duke fan when that happened. They probably didn't even look at the the score by the Tar Heels. It was just everyone was just like, oh my gosh, get up, get up, get up. Like and he's just holding the back of his leg toward his knee. It was a bad sight, but I wanted to tweet out so bad or say something to be like, this is all Scottie Pippen's fault. <laughs> Scottie Pippen would never say anything about Zion sitting and on the biggest stage. Of the college basketball season, the biggest stage, the most hyped up UNC Duke game I think I've ever experienced. Since and, like, the rematch after Tyler Hansborough's nose got busted in. Yes, yes, and it was the biggest stage with the biggest names. Like we said, we had Obama, Spike Lee, the kid, and he's out within, and that whole team crumbled. Like I said, it, just let him go to the NBA, and if he gets hurt there, then he gets hurt there. But I don't, I would not like. He, I'm not, I don't ever wish injuries upon anybody, but yeah. I enjoy watching Zion no matter where he goes. Yeah, I, I'm excited to see him in the NBA, but all right, next up. Next we kind of, up. We kind of really went off the rails on that one. 
Next up, uh, it's kind of a darker topic, but Jim Beheim was in the news after they put a butt whooping on Louisville, and it was for not good news. He was uh, driving home from the game, and I guess there was some pedestrian on the highway. Don't know how he was there or ended up there, but Coach Beheim uh, made contact, hit the guy, and ended up killing him. Rest in peace. Thoughts and prayers out to the family and everyone involved with it, but what are your thoughts on that? Well, first of all, if it's a highway, I'm wondering why the hell he was on the highway. We don't really know much details yet, but the thing is, like, to me, I don't want to say that the guy might have been under the influence of him, but, like, I'm like, I don't know. It wasn't like Dante Stallworth where Dante Stallworth was drunk and hit a construction worker. Like, I'm kind of like, uh, why was this guy on the highway? Um, yeah, I mean, Jim Beheim, Jim Beheim's got to be rocked right now. Like his seriously, because you just he just killed the guy with his car. But like, was the guy trying to commit suicide? Like, what is going on here? It is crazy. When I saw that in the news, and Jim Beheim of all people, like he's had all these the guys of college basketball. What? He's one of the great guys of college basketball. He's up there with the like the Coach K, the Roy Williams, the Bill Selfs, like the good guys in the sport. Ah. Uh, I don't know what Jim Beheim you know talking about. The only thing I know about Jim Beheim is people think he's like the scum of college basketball. He's like this low-key piece of shit who like just has gotten his way through the NCAA with like breaking rules but not and been getting away with it. That's I, think the about, Jim about, I mean like his personality when he comes to the interviews. I, I don't know. This is what the gist I get from like watching him and stuff like that. But like I thought Rick Pitino was the scum of college basketball. Let's be honest here. Well, yeah, he was definitely up there. But I feel like all those guys that have been around forever – I mean, Coach K has this, like, great, like, halo around his head just because he's Coach K, but all these old-school guys definitely have a little history behind them. And Jim Beheim, I know for a fact, is he's a highly touted coach, but he's got a lot of history that people are surprised he's even still coaching. He's an old, he's up there, too. He's up there in age. I'm curious if he's going to have to take a little driver's test there just to make sure he's, uh, yeah. he's all good in the brain. Yeah, all right, next up. Yeah, let's get, let's get past that one. And we'll move it on to uh, talking about influence. Uh, Calvin Johnson, Megatron, he is trying to get into the medical marijuana business. He said, coming out of retirement, nope, I'm going to enjoy retirement. Get into the, the, the money game called getting high. I don't know what this is. I mean, you know, good for him. Make some money. If it's legal, go for it. Who gives a shit? I wonder if this. I wonder if he's gonna try to like get in the movement of like getting the NFL like to really try to legalize it. That'd be wild. That'd be interesting. All right. That would be interesting. Great for the sport, though. Huh? It would be great for the sport, though. For sure. I mean, you wouldn't have people getting suspended. Opioid. And opioid addictions and shit. Yeah. Uh. So. Next topic, close to your heart because you hate Florida State. And uh, Willie Taggart has been there for not even a full two years, and every player on Florida State is leaving. We saw I saw three guys transferred uh, this month. Another guy has just transferred to Penn State. When do you cut the cord on Willie Taggart and Florida State? Taggart for contract extension 2020. <laughs> Keep this idiot in office. He's personally kept Miami in – relevance because of how bad he there's no college on this planet i would love to see burn to the ground more than florida state like i respect duke for like what they are i just hate their fan base florida state that whole university i would not mind to see just crumble and starting with their football program 
especially the football program. So to me, this is awesome. Like, I love, like, you know, everyone was like, oh, Florida State dominant, Miami's trash. How the tables have turned. <laughs> I just don't understand how you go in there. What did he go in there and say through the classic, like, if you don't want to be a part of this team, then you can leave. And then they all got up and left. And he was like, oh, shit, like everyone actually left. They weren't supposed to do that. They are supposed to just hop on the boat. And they didn't actually do it. They're not a part of the squad anymore. There, it's just been a long time since Florida State's been this bad, and it's 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 poetry. But at the same time, or it's like a, it's like a no, it's like a it's like a it's like a sad com- Roman comedy or something like that. But it's just like <clears throat> it's, it's the same thing happened to Virginia Tech. Like these coaches, this transfer portal is kind of keeping coaches accountable. Like now, like the players got a little power, and the coach is like, okay, I can't act like a dick anymore. Like, yeah, I can't tell you to leave because kids actually will. <laughs> Like they're like, okay, I'll take a year off of just training and going out and having fun and not getting drug tested. Sure. Like, I mean, who, who would have thought that Jameis Winston would be like the greatest thing? The I mean, like people. That's the last good memory people have of Florida State. Jameis was was like, like that. Jameis Winston and half the Eagles starting defense right now. Yeah. Well, Jameis Winston's like this known like not great human being, kind of a dummy. Like, and he's the best memory that you can say about Florida State right now. Exactly. Like him, Dalvin Cook, Devontae Freeman, Darby, Jalen Ramsey, Nigel Bradham, Timmy Jurgen. Like that team, oh yeah, and, and Calvin can't put down the donuts, Benjamin. Um, <laughs> hey, he called the game-winning touchdown. It, it's exactly that. Like that's like literally the one thing keeping that squad together. Like that school is like funding because like, the, oh my God. Yeah, I don't know what recruits they're going to get to go there if everyone's like, you know what? It's really a very high ranked, at least this is Bleacher Report, so bear in mind, I don't know, their college football reporting can be sl- sloppy sometimes. It's always a couple. But the, the recruiting class is very highly touted, so maybe Tagger is just cutting bait from all of the old regime. Possibly. I don't know. I mean, it, it, he's, he's going to get – I guarantee if it doesn't – I think they'll give him next year to kind of rebuild, and then the following years when his recruits will be there and ready to go. So – I don't know. It will be an interesting uh, little concept there. But we'll get into the we'll get move into the little free agency market and we'll do a little baseball and uh, NFL free agency. I'm gonna leave the Machado thing for you on the report card. We'll dive into the other big game, Bryce Harper. The White Sox are officially out on him. Uh, I think that, I guess the White Sox are gonna like you know what we don't need to spend this insane amount of money on Harper. We have a bunch of young talent. Maybe get some a big trade during the year. I don't hate it. I'm starting to like, I want Bryce Harper, the Phillies. It sounds closer and closer, but it's also like weird that he hasn't done it by now. And I don't know if I want them to it's offer. Like, Padres keep jacking their offer up, but they can only offer it so much. Like he can't get is the same insane deal. Machado got, I think like the Padres have just enough, but they have $191 million. I think. Or something like that. So the only thing that's he not, like that's not over, but the three hundred million is over the total of ten years. Yeah, I think it was like they were saying they can offer him maybe like a three or four year, like insanely highly, like he could get a lot in a short period of time. But I don't know, like the Giants are still, I guess, in hopes. The I, dude Bryce Harper, whatever. If he does go to the Phillies, I'll be happy. But I'm gonna be a little scared if we offered him like 350 million dollars wherever the hell we can like it's a very scary uh it's a tough like there it's a tough road to go down because you know you can't really afford anybody else but and i want my boy trout there and if we have trout and harper one day then then i'll be happy but price harper man he is he's 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 literally was the lebron of baseball like 
16 years old, hitting the uh, catwalk at Tampa Stadium. And he's now enjoys this little drama that comes along with it. Like, he he's, has to be you know, enjoying so I, it. I love him on the field, but off the field, uh, ugh. here's the thing. I think teams are going to start learning from this because we'll talk about Machado in the rundown, but I actually have an interesting take. But I just, you know what? Good for the White Sox. I really think teams should just start telling Bryce to go screw himself because and sign a reasonable deal. The Padres kind of made this whole, like, we're not going to pay you stupid money, like, pointless because they're like, oh, we'll give you everything we've got. Hmm. Please make us sell tickets. Yeah. I mean, him and Hosmer, man, they're going to run that division. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, but we'll move. In that division. Yeah, so then does NFL free agency – Hasn't officially started yet, but the Steelers have officially, officially told Le'Veon Bell that he is a free agent, and that whole drama's over. He tweeted like "free, free, free" at last. He's done. That I drama's love, you know, over. Honestly, I, I like I, just the dude's per, like I've been I've been a pro Le'Veon Bell this whole time. I think the Steelers did him dirty. I understand where he's coming from. I don't think he's gonna get the years he wants, but he's gonna get a decent contract. I really hope a team pays him. The dude gave busted his ass for Pittsburgh for multiple years, and they did him dirty. And I am all for this. Le'Veon Bell with your brother. Good job. You're free. Go play with the team. Appreciate you. I just think it's impressive that I never thought that Le'Veon Bell would go to, like, one of the second. He's one of the – I think it's, like, the top three most hated Steelers right now is Antonio Brown by Storm. Like, he – the Steelers nation does not fuck with him at all. Then it's Le'Veon, and then they hate James Harrison now because of what he says and did to the went to the Patriots and all that jazz. But he somehow managed to let Antonio Brown just take the reins of like all this craziness. Like, how do you go from the craziest stories and headlines with Le'Veon Bell and be like, oh, there's no way we could have two guys on our team that do this? And then you have Antonio Brown, who's Tell now you, been told he's leaving too. Room. That culture's toxic now. It's and Steelers fans are the biggest whiners on the planet. Like, they're up there with New Orleans fans and Dallas fans. They complain about everything. Well, they're delusional. That's what I always say. What was it? Oh, six titles. Big Ben's the hero. I'm like, Big Ben's a rapist. Like, or possibly convicted. Like, uh. My, my saying for the Steelers fans are, is that they're going to win it this year. They should have won it last year. And they're probably going to win it again next year. Like that's literally their mindset. Like they believe that they're going to win it every year, and then they probably should have won it last year. And there's a reason that they didn't win it last year. Well, here's your here's what's actually going to happen. The Browns or Ravens are going to win the division this year. The Browns or Ravens are going to win the division next year. Big Ben's going to retire or break himself in half. Mike Tomlin will be fired. Juju will go into free agency, and you guys will go to complete garbage crap for another five years. Or spin zone. Mike Tomlin gets the locker room back because they have all this. They have all these guys in this, these young guys in this locker room, other than Big Ben, that are all about the team. We're a team. We don't need no outside influence, and they're finally going to come together and they'll play well. Spin zone for all you Steelers fans that are delusional. I just helped you. <laughs> Great. You just you just feel more fire into that gasoline. <laughs> there it is. I'm pouring the gasoline on the fire now. But yeah, so good for you, Le'Veon Bell. That whole ordeal's done. Thank the Lord. Uh, AB, he's already been told that they're going to move on for him. Probably get a second, third, first. I mean, they just, they, AB is worth the first, but somehow he's talked him his way into like a second or third. Uh, but yeah, so that's all I got for the rundown. All right. 
Now it's time, ladies and germs. We have no special guest today. It's just me and Mark. We're going to do our old-fashioned debate on the report card. So, first up on the first to grade, to grade is the UNC Duke game. Last night, it was sloppy. It was ugly. Just like a single 38-year-old at her 25-year-old sister's wedding. Um, lots of turnovers, lots of missed threes, and a busted shoe. I give the, we've talked about this game enough already. I'm sick of talking about Zion's damn sneaker. I give the game a B. It was fun to watch as a Tar Heels, if you're a Tar Heels fan, but it was kind of bittersweet because you want to beat them with Zion, so everyone shuts up. Mark, what do you got? I'm giving it a D. It was one of the most hyped-up college games I can remember. Zion gets hurt within 30 minutes. The shoe takes the whole game. The game was just sloppy in general. There, was pro- there were the three-pointers, like I said, was one for 18 and four for 24 at one point. There was awful passes. Like these kids both no, – no team really felt like they could handle the pressure other than North Carolina just having all these uh, open buckets, and then they really couldn't miss in the second half. I got to give credit to the Duke Nation, though, because – or whatever, the Dukies or whatever they call themselves – because they were there cheering as loud as like full house cheering when they were down twenty with like two minutes left. Like the game was over and they, they still they had hope. All the Cameron crazies. That, Cameron crazies. That's a, that hellscape. Oh god. But I'm giving it a D. It was so overhyped. I was so pumped to watch it. Zion's hurt. Game never even was close. Like from get go. Turnover to end the first half. It was just a bunch of. Like I said, it was a mess. Hoopla! It was sloppy. Hoopla. Cue the. <laughs> SpongeBob hoopla, but it, I, I just was disappointed. There's nothing to say. It was kind of like the national championship for football. Like you had all this hope and all this hype, and it just crashed and burned because one player made a difference, and that just shows that Duke's got to figure it out. I, I, you know, what's so funny. I'm shooting pretty hard in college this year. I said, like, I did say, I'm like, listen, Duke is gonna have chemistry issues, and I also said Alabama's gonna lose because they don't have the athletes, and. <laughs> I don't know. Shooting okay this year in college. All right. Mm. Next up, I think it's time to play the clip, Marky Mark, because we got our boy Stephen A. Just digging himself a hole again. Oh, God. Uh, yeah, so I'm pulling up the clip now, so give me a second. Stephen A. Smith has been on a run, a run of these terrible oh, takes, the blunder. Cern X article, our boy Cern. Look at it. He has documented Stephen A.'s blunders. It's bad. You got the Hunter Henry, Justin Houston. You got him falling asleep on stage. You got uh, what else was there? Um, he's just been all over the place. It is Chicken embarrassing. Will Kane, which is like trying to take candy from a baby because Will Kane's just a gar- horrible. But yeah, yeah. Here it is. Here it is. Aaron Rodgers is an obvious one. Green Bay match report that up yesterday. I'll throw out two other teams that nobody has mentioned in terms of love. I thought once you saved me. How about how about the Philadelphia Eagles? Yeah. Or the Carolina Panthers? Okay, good. Neither one were mine. Um, but I think Carolina's got a guy in mm-hmm. Christian McCaffrey who's completely underrated because they, they don't have receivers. That's so good. And 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 Le'Veon Bell. If you saw Stephen A's face when Max Kellerman, who's one of the least intelligent or the biggest trolls of ESPN, say, uh, well, they have that position taken care of. And Stephen A's like, his eyes like froze. like, shit, I did it again. I said <laughs> something that's so dumb. If you, the beginning of that, it didn't, he, like the video doesn't explain that they were saying that Le'Veon Bell would be a fit in Carolina uh, with the Panthers because they don't have Christian McCaffrey's. I mean, yeah, he's not a. I guess I don't know stats wise. No, he was top five. He was top ten in the league in rushing. Like, why the hell are we complaining about his running the ball? And then he's and then his his 
escape was that oh well they don't have receivers so it'd be a great like receiving duo like dude Wouldn't you just throw them both out wide like oh my god it was I mean it was bad it, it, as bad as it, they would be it would be a great pickup for the Panthers I think it would be a great offense with those two but I don't think that's why he said it I think he said it thinking that they didn't have a running back they don't have enough and... carries for the two of them or it could be the first backfield for Baltimore for a thousand yards since Thomas Jones and uh crap who is his counterpart. Who was that Jets team? They had Thomas Jones and they had another guy. I have an LT. I don't even remember. I don't remember either, but it was like two running backs run for a thousand yards, but whatever. Um, but yeah, I'm going to grade Stephen A. Smith as a whole. He's he's, he's a the C minus because he's obviously like one of the most famous ESPN reporters. Analysts. Apparently overall is a nice guy from what I've heard from ESPN people. Like he's apparently like a really cool dude. Well, yeah, I mean – I feel like you can't – I mean, if he wasn't a cool dude, then he would absolutely be the most hated person because he's a huge asshole on to everyone that's on the set with him. He's the one he does his – oh, you raising your tone at me? You, you talking to me like that? Like, I'm Stephen A. Smith. Like, dude, nobody cares. Like, when you can't – go back to the uh, – <laughs> Teddy Bruschi's face when he said the Hunter Henry thing, and he was just so confused. Like, I don't know, man. Somebody's got a – Stephen A. Smith, he doesn't need a holdback guy. He needs a stack guy. That, like, make sure when they go into something, like, dude, don't, like, this is what you're saying. Do not bring up a team that already has a running back. Like, don't – oh, it's so bad. It's so bad. I and everyone – the argument is that Skip Bayless is winning this little thing here. I was like, yeah, because Skip Bayless says dumb shit because he's intentionally saying to piss Skip, people off. And Skip Bayless has my boy Shannon Sharp. Skip! I love <laughs> Shannon Sharp so much. He's, like, one of the greatest human beings of all time. He's he's an he's an he's an extra human being, but he it it's I like I don't know man Stephen Smith you got to figure it out bud you're struggling. But then again, the first takes getting a lot of highlights and he's getting all this talk, so I don't know if it's beneficial or what. But what are you rating it? Uh, I give it a a C minus just because like he's getting ratings, but it's not good ratings. All right, next up, Manny, three hundred million dollars in a waste of ten years, Machado. So. Manny Chavez signs the Padres for 10 years, $300 million. Stupid, 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 stupid. Wait, hey, he's an opt-out after his fifth. That's me smacking the Padres front office like like an old cartoon style. Cause like, dude, if the MLB's ever going to get away from these stupid contracts that these players do not need, which they do not, whew, you so, can, this is the only hope that the Padres are so bad that Machado opts out after year five. That's our hope. Or they're such like an average team and they lose to Arizona and Colorado and L.A. every year that like – because the Giants are going to be garbage the second Bruce Bochy leaves. But – I don't I know, just, man. I'm all about it. I think it was a great move. <laughs> I really do. I think it was phenomenal. The Padres are the laughing stock MLB. They have some young talent, not as good as the White Sox organization from what I know. Uh, they can hopefully have some young studs come up to build around it. You got this guy for as long as you can actually have a human being, probably the MLB. Uh, Machado's, I'm going to, if I can, right, I'll give the Padres a B minus because who cares? They're never going to be good. It, like, they're almost a worse organization than the Browns. Like, nobody ever thought the Browns were going to be this, but there was a better chance of football for that to happen. Baseball, Padres are never going to be good. It's just that simple. They got a guy that people are going to go watch, maybe. There's I don't know if that's taking. They're going to sell tickets. They have two stars with him and Hosmer, even though Hosmer shit the bed last year. Like I said, they'll have some young talent. And Machado, so I'll give the B minus to the Padres because why not? Who cares? You have the money, go do it. You're not going to be a contender ever anyway. But 
Machado, A plus. A plus. You he does not care about he does not care about winning. He does not care about hustling. He does not care about he doesn't want to be in the limelight. He is in San Diego, beautiful San Diego, where he can just do whatever he wants. He can be a lazy bum and he can just play baseball. He makes they did a there was a stat or somebody some person found some did the crunch the numbers and based off like the amount of average hours you play in a game, not even considering practice. Every hour that he plays a game for this next 10 years, he's making like $46,000. Every hour. That's a good life. All right. I got to give Machado an A because he literally just robbed the Padres blind. Two, I give the Padres an A because they took it away from the Yankees, Red Sox, or Dodgers, three organizations I hate when I see them win. So A's all around. Next up, Trevor. Sunshine Lawrence bodying dudes on a park and rec game. You haven't seen the clip, and you look it up. It's all over social media. <laughs> Trevor Lawrence throwing dudes around in park and rec. Honestly, Trevor Lawrence is like a god on that campus, so who cares? I, I mean, yeah, he's kind of – some dude tried to do that to me today at the at, at uh, the uh, LA Fitness. I'm like, bro, that ain't going to end well for you. Stop. But I love it. Dude's here on campus. He can do whatever the hell he wants. He's not a soft – He's not softy like his hair would indicate. So I love it. I give it a B plus. I give it an F. And it stands yep. for fuck Trevor Lawrence. I don't even care. What a bitch, dude. Like, the kid didn't even do anything wrong that set the screen. Like, Trevor Lawrence was literally – the kid was just standing there. Trevor Lawrence happened to come his way after he missed a shot. And he just kind of bumped into him. wasn't even that hard. And, yeah, everyone says, why would you even risk it? It's your guys – your school's quarterback, blah, blah, blah. But he barely, like, kind of ran into him. And then Trevor Lawrence went all alpha mode, like, hardo, and went over there and started shoving him and, like, making a big deal about it. And he clearly he sucks at best. Hey, take on the bull- take on the alpha dog. Get yourself famous. But he didn't do anything. All he did was just kind of stand there so he wouldn't be able to get- guard the – like, it wasn't a risk of anything. Trevor Lawrence was just pissed because he got bitched by this random kid of the wreck. I think it – I mean, I – Trevor Lawrence already came off as this, like – Cali kid that doesn't look like he cares, he's got the hair, blah, blah, blah. He's just going to be amazing. And then he's just, first of all, what do you, if you don't want to get hurt, what are you doing playing rec basketball league? Come on. Like, I don't know. The whole thing was annoying. This kid looks like I'm a tool taking, bag. I'm taking back my score. I'm demoting to a C plus. I mean, I understand because like when dudes set those screens, I, I'm one of those guys who will try to deck the guy who's screening me. Well, just get him on the next play. Don't push him right then and there. Like, when he comes around, like, just lay him out and be like, all right, don't do it again. And that's what you do. But you don't just shove him right there on the spot because you're mad because he called you off, like, off guard. And that's that kid could easily lean his shoulder or something. He literally just stood there. And this massive Trevor Lawrence was running. It's just, Trevor Lawrence was pissed. He missed a shot. And then that's what happens. I've done it, too. You miss a shot, you go do, do something stupid. All right. Well, that's about it. All right. So we got last call quick. So I was watching the Duke UNC game last night, as most people were. And I kept seeing this thing for an inter- interview with Kyra at SportsCenter. Wow, he's had a tumultuous year. And what he learned in his call with LeBron. All right, stop. Stop. For the love of God, please. <coughs> I'm done with the unnecessary drama. Kyrie left Cleveland to get away from the drama. And that's all that's happening. I don't know what's going on with Boston. I don't know why this is happening. This is all about the Anthony Davis crap and it- Kyrie maybe going to New York, and this is why I think free agency needs to change in, in the NBA. Because the Celtics are in the playoff hunt. Kyrie's trying to make the playoffs. 
but he's doing interviews with his piano about a tumultuous season. If I'm Jason Tatum or I'm Terry Rozier or I'm Marcus Morris, I'm like, dude, shut up. We're trying to win a title here. Like, you're not helping. Nobody gives a shit about what you said to your boy LeBron. He's the worst, and you're coming up at second. This is, it drives me crazy. You don't see Kevin Durant going on freaking ESPN talking about a tumultuous season after he got in a fight with Draymond Green, who might actually be able to snap him in half. Oh, Boogie Cousins took my milk. Shut No, I'm done with this. This is stupid. Like, grow a sack, play foot basketball. Go earn that money in that in stupid amount of money you get paid by Nike. I'm done with this crap. Like, I just lost a little respect from Kyrie Fett doing the interview. Come on, man. Like, stop with this. Like, what happened to, like, keeping things below belt? Like, I understand, like, Jimmy Butler and Andrew Wiggins and Towns all pretend to like each other when Kevin Garnett interviewed all three of them. But, like, that I respect. They're trying to keep team chemistry alive. And they are not trying to start more drama. Kyrie is going on complaining about stuff. This is as bad as Odell Beckham going on that interview with Little Wayne and, like, talking shit about all of his teammates. I hate this crap. It, it, it is, it is. It's not good. And he goes on there to think he's, like, I think going to help himself, but he just does, and he just talks. He's, he is a young LeBron where he just goes and says really, like, Stupid arrogant shit. things, and it does not work out for him. He, like, pretty much called out his team from the clips I saw. He called out, like, he, he doesn't realize he's still a young guy. Like, I understand he's been in the league for a while, but, like, He's like, yeah, you got these young guys that are trying to prove themselves, and you got you got uh, Terry Rozier and a great playoffs. And... Their place. You don't see Tom Brady going out there and doing this crap. Oh my I mean, that, 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 two different people too, but it's just. But like, you gotta like this. Like these guys should learn from the champions. Learn from Jordan. Learn from Kobe. Learn from Garnett. Garnett would tell you to shut the f up in the locker room, and then would tell you tell, and talk crap about you on, the, on court. Like, this is why the NBA is in trouble, because you have guys being just complete babies. That's why I have hope for these guys like Tatum, like Towns, like Zion, these young guys who are just about playing ball. Like Donovan Mitchell and Damian Lillard, these guys were just about playing ball. They're not about teaming up. They're not about these super teams. They're about getting dubs, getting buckets, ironically quoting Uncle Drew, and winning, getting a title and not relying on playing ball with your boys. Like, imagine, imagine this locker room. Kyrie, Jimmy Butler, and Kevin Durant all on the Knicks. Oh my god. Talk about That's a talk about a sit down interview. Oh my god. Who do you blame? So who do you blame? <laughs> you blame you blame Phil Jackson. He's not even there anymore. They would literally point fingers at each other so quick, even though, like, they're all boys and buddy buddies. Maybe that's what they need. They just need to be around themselves so they don't have to just, I don't know, man. I, I mean, Zion, that he doesn't go to the Knicks. And I don't think it goes to the Bulls. Bulls or Knicks. Like, I mean, I want to, like, those teams, if the league's fun when those teams are relevant, but I don't think I've ever seen a Knicks team relevant in my day and age, so. Well, listen, I would, you know what? Since my Timberwolves apparently just mailed it in on the season, listen, I would love – we have like a, what, 10% chance of getting a number one pick? Screw it. I'll take Zion. Hell. I mean, like, nobody's going to say no to Zion. <laughs> exactly. Dude, I'll take Zion playing the four next to Towns. Like, please. Like, I love it. Like, like that's why, like, I just – I pray for this kid. Like, send R.J. Barrett there. He's so inconceited and so chicken. He'll fly a shy away from uh, Kevin Durant anyway. But, I don't know. That's all I got. NBA's in trouble. They, this has got to stop. This is why I have no respect for Kyrie anymore. 
Mark, do you have anything else? No, that's it. That wraps it up for me. All right, folks, we will see you on Monday. Big week coming up next week. Got an interview that will be airing Tuesday on the podcast. Check it out. Big stuff coming. Peace. This episode of The Corner Booth has been brought to you by Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network. Follow your host on Twitter at BellyUpJared and at Mark Riley.